Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sobriety Unleashed podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Ellen. And today we are talking about sober travel and sober vacation vacations, which is close to my heart because at the moment I am away from home. So apologies, first of all, if my sound isn't great and if you hear like noises because I'm uh, in uh, staying at friends with my mum and my kids and everyone's around. But um, sober travel, Simon, it is such a good topic because it is such a fear of people. Um, and can be a real trigger when it comes to people's sobriety journey, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. So sober travel can be a real challenge and holidays, vacations, they, they're one of those things that I think when we're drinking, they just go hand in hand with booze. And we kind of the thought when I was drinking of going on holiday without having alcohol involved, it seemed ridiculous. Yeah, why would I even go on holiday? So there was a lot of work around changing my mindset uh, about knowing what I would gain from an alcohol-free holiday, not thinking that I was being deprived and something was being taken away and this was going to be worse, actually spending some time understanding what was going to be better about that. And actually the, the, the belief became a true belief for me once I start actually had the experience of going away without drinking alcohol. And it, it was really, really eye-opening. You know, first of all, noticing how other people drank, seeing people with a pint of beer at 10 o'clock in the morning, yeah. drinking very differently to perhaps the way that they drink when they're at home, or or maybe not, who knows? But then also noticing how. I was kept retaining my memories. I wasn't thinking about booze all day. I was doing things that brought me joy and really actually ha having quality time. So I got a lot out of my first well, and subsequent alcohol-free holidays. When, when was your first one? When did you first go you know away? What I did. I suddenly had the confidence to take the children away by myself. My husband was ill and I had never ever I was so kind of codependent on my my husband at the time that I had never ever traveled on my own and something happened and I had th had this holiday booked and I was like no I'm going to take them on my own so it was for a weekend in a tree house uh we didn't have like a proper toilet we went hiking we did all these bits and pieces and it was a completely different experience it was fantastic um and then I had other sober holidays going to the airport because of course the whole process of a holiday is extremely triggering and people don't even seem to realize how many associations they have with alcohol certainly I did um all the anxiety and the stress of packing and, and sorting your holiday and then the moment you step into the airport I don't know about the rest of the world but for us Brits the airport is extremely triggering it is just this one association it doesn't matter what time of the day it is it is time to drink isn't it you yeah. see them all the the hen parties the stag do's they're all drinking from it doesn't matter if it's six in the morning or four in the afternoon everyone is already drinking in the airport yeah that is so true and and even though the triggering anxiety can start you know a few days before with that sort of build up to go into the airport, packing the suitcase, have we got our passports ready? Uh, and even then, it can create some quite uncomfortable feelings that can be a trigger to drink. So being very mindful about that whole period in the lead up to traveling, in the lead up to going away. But I, I think it's one of those situations, just like a social event that requires a bit of planning, a bit yeah. of 
pre pre prep getting ready thinking okay i've got this trip this holiday coming up how am i going to navigate through it what what am i going to do am i going to create some space for me some me time what activities am i going to take part in because i think if you just go into it especially if it's your first sober holiday you go into it without thinking about it there's every chance you're going to find it harder than if you had put together maybe a bit of an itinerary, got kind of excited about exploring local alcohol-free drinks and doing different things, shaking up your, your usual holiday routine and disrupting yeah. it. Yeah. And you can have a great time, a better time. Absolutely. I'm really glad that my first experience was a different experience to my normal thing. If I had gone to Spain, for instance, I have been to Spain so many times. And one of the driving reasons for going to Spain was the cheap booze, cheap, all inclusive booze um, going. And our idea of holiday was that we would be able to drink. I mean, we didn't consciously do that, but it's just this thing, isn't it? You're on holiday and you can drink from lunchtime. Um, the kids were, were playing, might have a siesta in the afternoon, but the alcohol was so cheap. I'm glad I didn't go back to Spain as my first kind of sober holiday. Instead, I did something different and I did a few different kind of holidays where I was, the routine was completely different. It was focused on being active, um, really going to see different places with the kids. And it allowed me to kind of put my toe in the water and see what a sober travel really looked like. Um, the big sober trip that I did was for my 40th birthday, my brother offered to fly me out to New Zealand to meet him. And it was something that I would never, ever, ever have considered. Uh, it would have scared the hell out of me before I didn't have the confidence. I wouldn't have had the confidence to do it. Instead, I got on a plane, flew halfway around the world and had an amazing holiday. And alcohol was not, not even a thought in my brain at all. All the time, it was just what have you got to offer me that's alcohol free and people, it was either beer or uh, soda and lime and that's fine. Um, but the experience of skydiving, hiking, enjoying every single moment with my brother and uh, all the adventures, it was completely different. And what's interesting, I was just reflecting on a couple of experiences that I would quite like to forget from when I was drinking and just sort of comparing them to how you describe those incredible trips and two really stick out to me there was once where we went to Barbados and we we got upgraded into business class uh, which I thought was amazing because I could drink wine the whole way and I worked my way through a lot of wine and this was on the way back and i I got off the plane and I was like grumpy. The holiday was over and had a massive row with my wife because I've been drinking so much. My son saw it, which put a real shadow over the lovely holiday that we just had. So there was that experience. And then equally, while we were on holiday, the routine was very much the same as being at home. We would, yeah, we'd be around the pool in the day, which was different. But in the evenings, we were just sitting in the apartment or on the balcony, drinking wine or going yeah. to a bar, drinking wine. It was just exactly what I did in a different location. You needn't have actually spent all the money to travel. No. And we just do our exact routine but somewhere else it just was an excuse to me to drink earlier during the days and later into the night yeah. I haven't got to get up in the morning I've got videos of my cousin and I drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking all night long until he was passed out on the floor I'm laughing like it's hilarious but it wasn't so hilarious the next day when I had three young kids and I had to get up with them and the amount of wasted time on holidays wasted precious time with the kids really uh, in hindsight I really cringe at, at 
the kind of mum that I was. That's not what I like to do, not what I'm doing this time for sure. Exactly. And then the, the other thing that came to mind was how I would be obsessed with finding my type of wine my red wine you know I was worried that I'd get you know and it was on my mind a lot you know I hope I get that wine so then I started taking bottles in my suitcase wine boxes and I even had my suitcase searched in Dubai uh, and there were wine boxes in my suitcase and this rather stern looking security guard he just looked at me with this sort of face of disgust that I had them he let me go through with it but um, I'm surprised I didn't get in trouble for that but you know I would end up taking my own wine with me and then you know as soon as I got to the destination right let's go to a shop I want to stock up and it was like that was more important than the actual holiday and spending time with my family it was just like it took over everything yeah, it is. And it's interesting you say about going to the Middle East, because we're talking to somebody about this um, the other day, and it where it's illegal and the lengths that we go to where alcohol is illegal, and yet we will do something illegal to get what they class as a drug uh, and put ourselves in situations that are just ridiculous situations. When you think when we say, no, we don't have a drink problem. And yet we really are. We're breaking the law just to get alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember going to Tokyo with my son. And again, I drank on the plane. And we literally arrived at the apartment we were staying at. And the first thing I did, you know, under the premise to him of let's go and explore was into a supermarket, get some wine. And, you know, and I was like, I wasn't being authentic. I was saying to him, let's go and have a explore around the local area. But all I wanted to do was make sure I had a couple of bottles of wine. It was all it came first. So tell me about your experience of sober holidays and what do you see, what benefits have you really seen in sober holidays? It was interesting because my first sober holiday was a couple of weeks after I quit, which was actually four years ago today that I quit drinking. So it's my soberversary today. Yeah. (laughs) And um, it was was two weeks after that. And I had a holiday book with my mum and my son to Menorca, I think it was we went. And because I was so early into my sobriety, I used it like a personal boot camp. I took a bunch of sobriety books. I took my journal. I spent time around the pool reading those books, listening to sober podcasts like this one. And I thought, I'm just going to do a load of learning and sort of use that time that I had available to strengthen my sobriety. So but equally I was doing other things my son and I bought a gym pass to the local gym for the week we did loads of excursions lots of walking sightseeing things that probably I wouldn't usually do because I just wanted to sit around watching tv drinking wine especially in the evenings and it, it just was different I disrupted the routine and then every holiday I've had since then has been the same I would say actually a lot more cultural I feel like I get more involved in the culture more involved in seeing things that I probably would never have seen if I was drinking instead of sitting in a dark dingy bar in the afternoon when the sun's out outside and there's beautiful things to see I'm not doing that anymore I'm not interested in it no it's really interesting that you had your holiday so soon to giving up alcohol because I speak to so many people it's a bit like the diet isn't it I'll start the diet after that wedding I'll start the diet after that meal out and we can put sobriety off because we know that we have a holiday coming up so we kind of like oh so many people are saying well once I've had my holiday because I want to treat myself on holiday it's really interesting you were like no I have a holiday but I'm going to face this now and once you've got that sober first out the way with it it becomes consequence of it easier each time doesn't it yeah and it's funny I remember working with a client she was one of my first one-to-one 
one-on-one coaching clients. And she had this holiday booked for a few months down the line and she she quit drinking and it was a girl's holiday and I kind of knew in the back of my mind that she was going to go on this holiday and she was going to drink and she stayed sober right up until the holiday went on the holiday started drinking and then ended up drinking again for three months after that before finally cracking it and it was interesting that she didn't stop and think do you know what I need to do change something here I need to become accountable I need to tell one of my friends I don't want to drink but I felt like the peer pressure on her was so great that she felt she had to do it and it I felt it was really sad I mean she she got where she wanted to be but it was sad that she had to go through that bumpy experience before she got to where she wanted to be yeah absolutely and if even if people do have holidays booked build up some alcohol-free days even if you drink on the holiday build up the alcohol-free days don't let it be an excuse to drink up until that point and after and start afterwards because alcohol-free days are still alcohol-free days where you're giving the body chance to to rest physically physiologically uh mentally so don't yeah try not to use it as a reason not to give up today yeah and that's not an excuse to drink by the way it's not i think worry about it when we get to it but prepare for it a few days before know what's coming up um and then yeah try it it is just different isn't it and you talking about the culture now I went to Spain so many times as a drinker and this year for the first time I not only did I get the kids in the car and drive all the way down to Spain by myself which is a real kind of first for me um I also had my first holiday in Spain sober and it was like visiting a different country it was ridiculous I was like Spain's so beautiful. We went hiking in the mountains. We went swimming in the sea. Um, we went to the museums. We saw some of the culture. It's an, it isn't just about cheap alcohol in, um, in Spain. Who knew? It really is the most beautiful country. And the kids had a completely different experience. The amount of times that I would just shove them, not into kids clubs, but, you know, well, they're happy in the pool and we can sit in the bar and watch them. So that was my idea of a, an ideal holiday this time. It was, I can get up and go hiking. Um, I can be fresh as a daisy. I actually now get up and go out for a walk before they get up out of bed. Um, and a- another sober benefit of holidays when you're uh, when you're not drinking is you don't have the weight gain like you do when you're off drinking. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, love that. Pack with you know, all that extra booze, all the extra calories. <laughs> yeah. One um, I, re- I read something recently about Spain as well, uh, and probably a lot of people don't realise, but Spain has got, I-, I believe, according to the thing that I read, that it's got the highest percentage of bars with alcohol-free drinks in Europe. So there's actually more bars that serve alcohol-free drinks than any other country. Really? So exploring the alcohol-free drinks and getting out there, you know, loads of people are drinking alcohol-free drinks on the continent. That, yeah, I mean, France for sure. Again, France has the highest number of adult alcohol drinkers but we also have the most amazing range of alcohol-free drinks you go into the supermarket and there are aisles full of alcohol-free drinks it really is great yeah it's funny i think the country that's most behind is the us you know with the alcohol-free drinks that way people that i speak to just say that there just isn't the choice so guys you are the consumer every time you go into a bar you go into a restaurant you're going on holiday you are there as their customer ask what have you got to offer me this really really if unless we're asking people aren't going to know that there's a demand for it yeah that's so true so there's a few comments as usual we're doing the podcast live on youtube and streaming it so it's great to have an, an audience while we do it if not a bit nerve wracking at times. 
So Jake said, we have a house in France and every time we go there, we always load the place with wine as it's cheap. And we also bring loads back. But now I'm trying to be sober. Um, and I, I, it'll be a huge challenge when I'm back out in France at the end of August. Jake, there is such a good range of alcohol-free drinks here. I don't know where your house is, but um, yeah, let me know. And because uh, I'm in central France, there is aisles and aisles now there's alcohol free wine which are not bad also all of the, the big companies deliver out to france and if you go into especially leclerc or carrefour there are a huge number of alcohol free drinks my favorite is the alcohol free martini um, and there is also a palermo which is much much cheaper with tonic there are great great ranges it will just be a different experience for you but think of all the money you're saving all the calories you're saving um and all those the time that you're saving as well. Yeah, and not just the time when you're not drinking, the time you're not thinking about it. Thinking about it, drinking it, recovering from it. It's like, yeah, three phase. Yeah, which probably was three quarters of my day, my waking day. Yeah, I think, well, I certainly worked out that it was definitely eight hours a day for me, which is 2,920 hours a year, which is just ridiculous. When I used to say, I don't have time to spend with the kids, I don't have time to work out, I don't have time to, it. now I do, I can now say, actually, I just don't want to do certain things. It, it's not that I don't have the time, I've gained all that time back. And I think the other thing with holidays is also about picking and choosing what what you're going to do because very often when we're drinking we tend to just go with the flow or our decisions are based around our relationship with booze so we might go to an all-inclusive resort because we think the alcohol's free or you know going to be flowing but of course when you're not drinking, it opens up lots more opportunities to do things that might be a bit different or align with who you really are, which is what we find out when we quit drinking. So you might have found out since you quit alcohol that maybe you're a bit of an introvert. You're not the party animal you thought you were. And you might want to go somewhere quite quiet in the mountains where you can just read and relax rather than you know going to the Magaluf strip and booze until three in the morning. So I, I do think a bit of planning and I mean, I, I said it before about all-inclusive resorts. I Personally, they can be quite triggering for people. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, yes, some people go to them after they've quit drinking and they still have a great time. I I would have found it a challenge if I'd gone to an, alco- an all-inclusive resort in the early stages of sobriety. Nowadays, I wouldn't find it a challenge. I'd just find it boring. I wouldn't want to go. Exactly um, and, you know, and I, I said before on one of the podcasts, I think it's about actually the all-inclusive is us showing up fully as ourselves. We become the all-inclusive because the whole of us is there. We're fully present, enjoying our holiday. And putting ourselves first rather than everybody else and what they want. If you need some time out to go and get a massage every day, like you've got the money now, you're not spending on alcohol. So there's nothing wrong with feeling like I used to feel so selfish if I wanted to go and do those things. I want to take a time for me uh, and spend some money on myself. There's no need to feel like that now. I can put myself first. That's what I need. I want to feel rested after my holiday. And how rested do we feel after a week or two weeks away of boozing for a week or two weeks? Because we know that we're not getting decent and sleep if we're drinking we know that we're hungover um we know all the knock-on effects of drinking alcohol it is a completely different experience to actually go and rest and and do the things that make you feel good and really fill you up rather than um, rather than just boozing yeah i agree um, um, i think another thing as well obviously with sort of we've got this kind of vision of what a holiday looks like in our mind but one thing that 
I realized. So most people who have a, a, an unhealthy relationship with alcohol find that they've also got an unhealthy relationship with themselves, which yeah. usually relates to stuff around self-worth and self-esteem. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff we do in my program that you do through society is not just about the booze it's about working on be, you know being good enough as we are and, and building our self-esteem and I realized that actually it was quite healthy to start spending time with myself not loads of time um, so I actually have had a few breaks away I went to Valencia for a long weekend just on my own and and I had a great time just ex exploring the culture reading I did some writing while I was there and, and that really was good for me and actually a lot of kind of guides around how to boost your self-esteem say you know build the, the relationship you want to work on is the one with yourself absolutely. and that's a great way to do it absolutely I've got the upcoming retreat in Bali at the end of this year in November for anyone that fancies joining us and a lot of that when we talked through like what is it that you want people to feel now I want people to feel empowered Lots of people have never traveled by themselves. Just the sheer thing of booking something themselves, getting on a plane by themselves to come and meet another load of people that they don't particularly know and sharing that experience is extremely empowering and really does build your self-worth. I know somebody, one of our clients who's been um, camping this weekend on her own and gone to a festival and it's all those things before you don't believe that you can do it and all of a sudden you're like well why can't I do it of course I can do it I have the confidence to sit there by myself I have the confidence to take myself somewhere that I want to be and take myself out of somewhere that I don't want to be yeah exactly and then you come back from it and the that changes to I did do it and my yeah. confidence your confidence grows yeah absolutely it's and funny because I I've got a sober first coming here. Not only do our friends know me, they've known me since I'm five, five months old. So they have only ever known me as an adult, as a drinker. I've only never ever known them as drinkers. And also as an adult, they've ever only ever known me with my husband, my ex-husband. So now I'm coming as like a single mum um, who doesn't drink. And I did have some anxiety coming here. Of, of like, it's almost a new me introducing other people to the new me but of course once you do it it's like it's done uh, it's over with I did have a little bit of fear but it was unnecessary fear and now I'm like I love this time I love connecting with these people and um, friends who are like family that's brilliant and um, we've said it before we'll say it again the only antidote to fear is courage yeah. And you found some and that's what you've got to do. Yeah, you've got to <laughs> dig into that at times. Yeah. Um, let's see what other comments have we got. Someone said, when we drink alcohol, we relate to we, we relate the fun we have at a party to the party itself or the people around us. But it's actually the alcohol that relaxes us and makes us be in that fun mood, which it does. Alcohol's a drug. And of course, it lowers our inhibitions and it gives us this kind of false sense that we're having fun and we're enjoying things. You know, drugs have to have a benefit, as I've said before, or nobody would take them. But it's the negative consequences that come yeah. with that. And actually, what I realized was when I stopped drinking and I started going to those sort of social events, I was far more engaged. I was laughing more. I was I was still messing about and acting in a kind of childish way at times. So it wasn't all the 
alcohol. Actually, a lot of that was who I really was. It was just the negative stuff from the booze. Yeah, and actually, I have spoken to so many people who, when I've been drinking alcohol-free drinks, and other people have experienced the same, I check to see if I've really got the alcohol-free drinks because it's the energy in the room and the people that you're with can make you feel that kind of giddiness and that kind of drunk. Yeah. And I've checked several times, like, okay, am I actually getting drunk? No, I'm not. I'm just getting high off the energy of being around these people. Yeah, and actually, I, I also do some work in, in the marketing field. And something we do in marketing is called A-B testing. So if you were doing an advert, you might have version one, version two, and then you see what works best. And I have done an A-B test with this. So after I quit drinking, we were invited to two weddings. One was a friend who we knew really well. We knew all the people there. And I knew it was going to be an amazing time catching up with loads of people that I hadn't seen in ages and people who would, I've seen a lot who we were really close with. And then we got invited to another wedding where we were, we were a bit last minute. I think someone had dropped out. We only knew that we only knew the bride. That was yeah. it. Um, and wedding a where we knew everybody i was laughing all night I, I didn't want to go home i was dancing just had a brilliant time no drinking no alcohol the second wedding which was pretty similar i only knew one person we ended up leaving at 10 o'clock it was boring it was flat didn't just didn't really have a good time uh, so it shows you that it's about the people the connection all I'm that sort saying. of thing I'm so my saying. ab test proves it yeah, absolutely. And I always say I, you go where the good energy is. And that really is in life around you. You want to be around people that you want to be like. I and mean, I think the when we give up alcohol, it's a real opportunity to stand and look at the people that we're hanging around with. And are they the people we aspire to be like? Are, are they leading the life that we want to lead? Because it's the same. I tell my kids, you know, you are who you hang around with. And it's no different as adults. We really need to be a little bit more mindful about the energy that we're, that we're surrounding ourselves with. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's true. You know, like what's on what our outside world is a reflection of what's on our inside. We create our own reality. Yeah. And I know it, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, yeah, what a load of guff. But actually, it, it's just so true. You know, you can, you can sort of change your mindset and change your world. You can. Well, it's funny because so I had sober travel um, two weeks ago. I went to the mountains with my friend Nikki, who gave up drinking a couple of years ago when she met me. And we go and we do fun things. She's like, I just want to do fun things. I don't care what we do, but let's do fun things. We spent the weekend hiking. We went and did the big zip lines. Um, and we watched while we were there, we watched the JLo um, documentary on Netflix. Now, JLo doesn't drink. And you can tell she is beautiful. She's 50 something. Her skin is amazing. And when I Googled her, like, does she drink alcohol? No, never drunk alcohol. She is focused. She is motivated. And it's funny because now we keep on like messaging, messaging each other. What would JLo do? And that's like become our motto since. You, you see people that you want to aspire to be. What would they do? How do they lead their lives? So we do, we laugh. What would JLo do? Yeah, that's quite funny, actually, because I, I think this is an, an interesting point around having you know, people you aspire to be like and people who are good role models in your life as well. And I, I used to say to my son, so my mum, his nan, is um, you know quite not authoritarian, but she's definitely 
does things by the book and yeah. you know she's morally you know morally she's quite straight laced and I, w- I would often say to him what would you do if your nan was sat next to you would you do that if your nan was there <laughs> you know so actually like you said sort of just checking in with your um with, with your more the moral compass of another is quite yeah. a good thing to do absolutely I love it <laughs> that's brilliant Linda said there was a time when I wouldn't go to a restaurant that didn't serve wine. An, all inclu- an all-inclusive venue would be my idea of a nightmare and not just because of the alcohol. No. Yeah. I mean, that, same for me. I'm a complete introverted extrovert, I think, Dan. And I realise that more than ever since giving up alcohol, going to somewhere that's all-inclusive or going on a cruise is my absolute nightmare. Absolute, absolute yeah it's true although some people in the group judy who's obviously been alcohol free for yeah. over two years she loves going on cruises and actually the first one she went on um she reached out in the group daily she post fo- posted photos daily she stayed accountable i even did a call with her while she was on the cruise ship just to check in and make sure everything was going great so actually this speaks to the point around staying close to your community and checking in and being accountable so important yeah absolutely I do um those non-negotiables that keep you uh, strong in your sobriety connection is everything someone else put not not on the holiday topic but I find it very hard to taper I posted another message a while ago about what supplements and vitamins would help with withdrawal withdrawal I mean I would see your GP if you are seriously going through a withdrawal a physical withdrawal um otherwise have a look at magnesium, make sure that you're eating a whole foods diet, um, but definitely consult your GP if you feel that it's a physical withdrawal. Yeah, and I think that's the key. Like 90% of the people that are in our communities, 90% of them, I would say, are psychologically addicted to alcohol or were psychologically addicted but around 10 percent of people are physically addicted to alcohol and yeah there's a big difference there that's when it's important to really get some proper medical advice on it but if it's psychological obviously we don't know um, but if it's if it's psychological then it's a different ball game and you made some good recommendations there yeah 100% a good whole foods diet it doesn't need to be anything fussy food is there to as um to be nutritious it's there to it's either good for you or it's not it's it's another form of medicine isn't it so yeah I definitely try and follow a a whole foods diet 80% of the time um and again food is not a treat a treat is something that makes you feel good food is exactly the same as alcohol whereby we have this short-term gratification of it feels good in the moment but it doesn't take into account what it does down the line we need to keep on like what would j-lo do what would j-lo eat like it should make us feel good about ourselves all the time this is nothing to do with weight loss this is nothing to do with what society tells you this is how you feel in your body physically how you feel mentally and emotionally how you feel food is there to make us feel good but not if we're eating for short-term gratification yeah exactly and i suppose the other point on withdrawals i think be wary of trying to find uh, a magic sort of silver bullet that's going to just get rid of them because i think regardless that we have to kind of go through it a bit to come out the other side yeah i had several nights of really disrupted sleep sweating at night um thinking about drinking 
cravings and again it was it was mostly psychological there were some physical symptoms that came out but I kind of knew that sobriety mattered more and I I really wanted that for me because I knew what I would gain and I knew I had to dig my heels in at times so try not to think there must be a way where I can avoid any withdrawals whatsoever Uh, if anything they make you stronger yeah, absolutely. Yep. Just the, the amount of sugar that is in alcohol, just the withdrawal from that, removing that from your diet so quickly, it can affect us. It's the same if you want to give up coffee. It does make you feel like crap. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not going to be worth it. It absolutely is going to be worth getting through to the other side of it. Yeah, completely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, someone said, congratulations on your four years, Simon. Thank you. And Joe, my wife got me a, a lovely card that's like the Queen of England, and it's okay to make sure you you, know, you get gifts and things like that. And yeah, you know, and it's lovely to receive cards and things to celebrate. It. Loads of lovely messages on social media. Absolutely, should be celebrating it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, someone said I'm trying to get out and exercise as much as possible and eat fruit and as much of the healthy stuff as I can. Good. So, yeah, and that actually, sorry, that's the person who said about tapering. So, yeah, exactly. Doing all the right things, you know, and filling the time that you would have spent drinking. You know, always know your danger hours. For me, it was 7 p.m. till about 10 p.m. So I would often organize other activities, yeah. disrupt my routine, make a new routine. Yeah. And, and again, the same goes when you're on holiday, make a different routine. My hours at home were kind of five until half nine. If I was past that, I'd be OK. When it was on holiday, it was slightly earlier. And um, so I would just disrupt the routine, go fill that void that you feel to start off with, with something else, something that makes you laugh. That's what I always try and remind people. What did you think that you wanted to do? What was kind of on your bucket list that you've never done before? Go and do that. Go and have a laugh with people yeah exactly you know and I again I said it before but uh, look at what brings you joy what what makes the hours feel like minutes think yeah. about when you were a kid bring it back into your life yeah Go. and we're talking about like as a teen well, as an earl a young teenager what really did bring you joy and find those people that light you up yeah exactly and for most people it's crafts it's music it's sports exercise that sort of thing you know and and, uh, and when you're drinking you can think to yourself oh that just seems boring when you remove alcohol the joy floods back into those things yeah um, boredom is a huge one and again going into the sober travel so many people have this fear that when they're not drinking their travel will be boring or they will be boring their holiday will be boring but actually it is alcohol that's boring life and the world is too beautiful to be numbing out using alcohol and to be killing time using alcohol there is so much more to do and to experience and that's the thing alcohol dulls the senses and that includes all the good stuff as well yeah. it just numbs you from all of it the good yeah. the bad and everything else so this trip to bali that you're doing then which i might come along to even yeah. though it's for women only but <laughs> when it when is it it's the 13th of november to the 20th of november although a few people are flying out a bit before and i'm going to be staying a bit after um, and Simon, you're like a, an honorary sobriety sisterhood girl, so you can more than welcome to come along. We're going to be doing all sorts of things with the lovely uh, Marie from Sober Retreats, uh, Sober Soul Bliss, and Alex McRobbs, who's another sober um, sober yoga girl. She's going to be doing yoga every morning for us. It is going to be a chance to really step into your own light. It's all for me. Sobriety is about 
people stepping into their own light, like really, really feeling empowered, being mindful of who they want to be, who they want to leave behind uh, and really making that happen. As you say, creating this own, your own reality. There is no reason why the, all of us can create our own reality. So it's all about that. Um, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. There's loads of people from the group coming. I'm, I'm really, really happy with the group we've got so far. And there's only two spots left. Oh, wow. Is that all? Yeah. Blimey. Well, if you want one, grab one. Head on to, is it sobriety sisterhood dot? Yeah, dot com. Uh, dot and com. look at the retreats page. Perfect. And then we've got a September social meetup as well, which the details of that are on Be Sober on the blog. So if you want to come along, uh, you're going to be there. So we'll both both be at I that. I am going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be a nice little intimate thing. Again, nice little gathering of, um, it's just like-minded people having fun, doing some good, having a laugh. Yeah, exactly. That's in the UK, so you don't have to fly to Bali for that for that one. No, it's not quite as exotic, but you know, we'll both be there. Yeah, well, exactly. But I'll I'll definitely be at that one, so that makes it exotic. <laughs> so, all right, well, we've, yeah, we've got through all the comments from everyone who's joined live on YouTube and covered loads about sober holidays. So, we will see you again for the next episode next week. Next week, take care, take care everyone. See you Bye. soon. <laughs>